Welcome back to another production of Go Be Wyoming. Today I'm joined by the Sheridan County Land Trust. I've got Brad, Executive Director, and then Chris, uh, Director of Marketing and Development. Guys, thanks for letting me come to your guys' office and uh, pick your guys' brain a little bit. No problem. Yeah, it's actually the Sheridan Community Land Trust, oh. but that's a common, uh, common uh, mistake. mistake. Yeah, <laughs> no big deal. Yeah, Sheridan Community Land Trust. Um, and we were just talking off air a little bit. My aunt, uh, Aunt Susan, works for you guys a little part time, so that's kind of a cool connection there. Yeah. Um, but uh, so to start things off, you know, the land trust was started in 2006. That's right. So we're close to coming up on 15 years. Um, you know, the first uh, conservation easement was with the VOA, correct? That's right. Um, and if you guys want to talk a little bit about that and how that came about. Um, yeah. Uh, that. That project, the, the conservation easements, or sometimes called voluntary conservation agreements, uh, with the VOA, uh, just south of town here in Sheridan, um, we completed that project. I think in about 2009. Okay. Uh, and you know, it was an arrangement with the the VOA and the Sheridan Community Land Trust to uh, conserve about nine acres of land along. Uh, see that is Big Goose Creek there. That's Little Goose Creek. That Little yeah. Goose Creek. Yeah, ah, it's Little Goose Creek. And it's absolutely fantastic fishing down there. Yeah. I've been since moving down into that neighborhood. I just recently bought a home here in Sheridan. Yeah. And uh, there's some nice brown trout down there. Uh, <laughs> if you like to catch the suckers, I, I pulled out a white sucker out of there that was about two pounds. Wow. Uh, so it's good lake trout bait. Right? Yep. <laughs> You're gonna find them. Put a lot of references in through fishing. <laughs> Perfect. Chris is our fishing guy. Yeah. Sure. So, and that project, um, what it what it does is, like I said, it, it conserves that that acreage mm -hmm. from uh, future development. So it's gonna stay as open space forever. And that's is gonna be a common theme you're gonna see with conservation easements and what the Sheridan Community Land Trust's approach to conservation easements is. We're looking to conserve open space, working land, so, you know, lands that are under ranching or farming, uh, and view shed. Mm. Um, but we don't require that those properties are have public access. So if you do a conservation easement with the Sheridan Community Land Trust or Voluntary Conservation Agreement with us, um, what you're essentially doing, what the landowner is doing, is they're, they're set aside, set aside, set aside, <laughs> I can't get that word out today. Setting aside. Thank you. The, uh, uh, um, future development of that property. Right. So it's always going to stay as open space. But uh, like I said, they're not going to guarantee that there's going to be public access on, the, on that property. Sure. And some of them do have public access though. So one of the more recent conservation easements that we completed uh, is the Soldier Heights, or the Sheridan Heights Ranch, which is if you're in Sheridan and you're looking out Fifth Street, it's most of what you can see out there. Yeah. Just at the edge of town. That's a Sheridan Heights Ranch. And that one is that conservation easement, voluntary conservation agreement, does have public access through the Soldier Ridge Trail System. But right. those are two separate agreements. One doesn't require the other. So access isn't required with the, with the conservation easement. Gotcha. That's good to know, and that's probably a very good distinction for people out there that don't uh, maybe know the details of that. Yeah. Um, what are What's kind of the importance, you know, to the Sheridan community for these easements uh, in both non, you know, um, maybe they don't have public access, but yeah. the ones that do have public access, what are kind of the important things you guys see? Well, the importance can mean different things to different people, right? So I'm a fat man from the flatlands. <laughs> so when I come out here to Wyoming, I didn't understand when I first heard about open space, I thought to myself, 
I come from corn and soybeans all around me. Mm -hmm. Open space doesn't mean much. But the second you start making that drive across I-90 and you get on the other side, you get to our side of the Powder River and you start seeing those big horn mountains out there just waiting for you. Not just the end of an interminable drive, but they just, they give you a sense of peace. You just, essentially, you open up and go, oh, look at that. Look at what you can see right there. It, like for me, it was it was awe inspiring the very first time I was out here. It's been awe inspiring and a sense of relief every time I come home, right? Mm -hmm. But for those of us who have lived here, you're, you know, you said you're a third generation Wyomingite. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to you to be able to see those bighorn mountains in your view shed every day? I mean, it's it's uh, conservation. You know, it's recreation. It's uh... You know, I can I can think of numerous times my family went up to the mountains or we went fishing or we went camping and, um, you know, memories, you know, uh, so I mean, a lot of different things. I think you just that's kind of your point. I think, Chris, is there's so many things I can think about, um, you know, and then, uh, you know, I've gone out to the Soldier Ridge Trail and it's just, you know, just getting out, getting outside, enjoying the outdoors. And, um, you know, that to me, that's what I think of when open space, you know, being from here. So and those are all the values conservation uh, agreement in many cases right mm -hmm. so depending on what that property is they might have different values some of those especially then you know that same open space is access for wildlife it can be important habitat you know be it winter range for mule deer or an elk or a moose depending on what's coming up or going down the mountain right mm -hmm. depending on where you're at it might be sage grouse it might be pronghorn uh, it might be riparian birds. It might be fish and amphibians. Uh, and all that's characteristic based on the land, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so then on top of that, you still have that access piece in some cases where we have these great open spaces close to home that we also have the ability to be able to go in and you know, hike, bike, run, walk. You can go out and bird watch. You can go flower looking. Now, uh, in one specific example, we had folks from First Interstate Bank out helping us finish the Kicking Horse Trail this fall, uh, out on that conservation easement, you know, along with the prairie dogs that are on that property. And I know prairie dogs, four-letter word here in Wyoming. Uh, however, out of those holes, we're threatened burrowing owls. And that burrowing owl is one of ten species of raptor that calls that property home. Uh, now, of course, the other piece with a conservation easement. It's also a way and tool that can be used to help uh, keep ranching operations ranching. It's a way to be able to get increasingly valuable land uh, from one generation to the other and keep that land in production. And I know Brad can talk a lot about how that works. Yeah, so yeah. Chris is right. It's a tool that the landowner can see a lot of value from their operation standpoint as well. Mm -hmm. So as they're considering what their legacy is for the property, some some uh, ranchers might consider doing a conservation easement just because they've spent their life or generation building this property together to make it a functioning, viable ranch, and they want it to stay as a, as a viable ranch going into the future. Right. Other ranchers might look at it as a way, and there is a, a, a path of conservation easements where you they can receive some cash benefit to it. And that might allow them then to buy some additional acreage to make the property a viable uh, ranching operation so that they can hand it to their the next generation as um, 
as something that they can pursue as their career if they so choose. Sure. Um, so there's a, a variety of reasons why a landowner might consider doing a conservation easement with us, um, but whatever their reason, we're happy to work with them on it. Mm -hmm. And what's really pretty neat about these tools is that the voluntary conservation agreement, the language of such, of this of the document is very, um, the language of the agreement is very flexible to their needs. And they can, you can really craft uh, an agreement that's gonna stand for their legacy or the family's legacy or the, for their children's benefit for generations to come. Uh, and we're always pleased to work with, with landowners that have made that decision We've worked now with nine families mm -hmm. in Sheridan County. We only work in Sheridan County. Um, but nine families have entered into this uh, voluntary agreement with us, and we're pleased to work with every single one of them. Awesome. Wonderful. What you kind of, we kind of uh, touched on a little uh, question I had for you guys is, um, you know, what other organizations around here do you guys work with outside than the landowners, you know, that have been um, beneficial uh, partnerships? For the land trust yeah we i was just on a call last week with uh, the wyoming extension wyoming egg experiment station mm -hmm. uh, we love working with them on trying to figure out different ways for everything from cover crops to invasive weeds invasive grasses um, and to other tools to help um, our ecosystems our range our ranches to remain viable uh, against some of those changes other partners that we work with, you know, Chris alluded to, we work with banks, mm -hmm. we work with businesses. A um, handful of businesses uh, have stated that some of our work in, in recreation access is really important to why they called Sheridan home. Uh, you know, those, you know, including Cannon and Weatherby and Emit, all talk about the value of, of these recreation spaces as being not only attractive to their business, but also helping them retain high quality employees. Right. So employees are, are, you know, people move around. And when they look at where, where a potential employee is looking where they want to call home, they want to call Sheridan home because of the mountains, because of our community, but also recreation falls into that. Something that they can do with their, their family, if they have a family, or something that they can do on their own on the weekends that they can make Sheridan their, their home for hopefully for a long time. Yeah. We call it quality of life infrastructure. <laughs> uh, you know, you need you need good pipes to be able to you know, be able to do plumbing, right? Yep. You know, you need to be able to have power run into places. You gotta be able to heat homes, you gotta have streets that work, right? And we have those things in Sheridan. This this community is very fortunate in that regard. One thing that SCLT has been focused on delivering is the ability to we like to say we're making it easier than ever before to go from your front door to the outdoors in Sheridan County mm -hmm. you know whether that's over your lunch break close to home here on the Soldier Ridge Trail system you know with Hidden Hoop Kicking Horse the link that the link Kicking Horse just got built this year that's a loop of nearly 10 miles right on the west edge of town you know, it can be red grade trails, so it's an easier way to experience the beauty of the bighorns, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, we have six miles on the ground there. We're going to be adding another 10 miles in 2021, thanks to a $500,000 Wyoming 
business council grant that was predicated under quality of life infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Uh, the U.S. Forest Service chipped in another hundred thousand, and that was with uh, made possible because of more than a hundred thousand, hundred and thirty thousand dollars we were able to raise locally because folks in our community want these opportunities. They want to live in a community that has those opportunities. So, if you take an event like we had at Trail Fest back in October, you know when we talk about community partnerships. <clears throat> SCLT organized Trail Fest, right? Mm -hmm. So we had the Tongue River Valley Community Center that loaned us their outdoor movie setup so we could do the Goonies movie in the park at Kendrick, right? Now, of course, it's at Kendrick Park, so there's the city of Sheridan being heavily involved in helping us pull off an activity like that, especially using their facilities. On top of that, you had Sage Community Arts and their volunteers doing open-air painting demonstrations for folks and landscape drawing. You had the Little Bighorn Trout Unlimited chapter doing fly and spin fishing clinics. Uh, we had Maven Massage and Body Works as, and Hula Space both doing yoga. And then all of our, business, we have for, yeah. I mean, all of our business sponsors that, <laughs> that helped as well, including Bighorn Radio, um, Tell Me Out Pure, Pure Energy, uh, Alpine climate control. So, I, like, some of its business sponsorships, some of its true partnerships yeah. where they're bringing everything to the table. One way or the other, everybody's helping each other out. You know, we, when you go into organizational help, you know, we also have, like, we do conservation-related projects with Sheridan um, County Conservation District, right? Uh, Wyoming Nature Conservancy's helped us out, uh, and certainly on conservation projects over the course of time. Uh, you do a big picture. We want to partner with as many people as we can because you can't truly be, uh, you know, of your community unless you're working with people in your community. So ultimately, uh, you know, what you do as an organization is done by the community for the community, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the up by and for principles. And what we're finding, you know, Chris kind of segued to, to our work and recreation from the question of conservation is we're finding that those are very compatible areas. Right. Um, people that have an interest in recreating and calling this place home also have an interest in conserving parts of this, this uh, area so that it is, continues to be what, it, what we know and appreciate for, you know, like I said, generations to come. Sure. That's where the tool, the conservation, voluntary conservation agrees, agreement and recreation can be very compatible with each other. Gotcha. What is, uh, when you guys are working with partners or people come to you guys to be partners, um, what's a maybe a common misconception, you know, and not in a bad way, but just uh, maybe they just don't understand when they come to be a, uh, you know, a partner and you guys are explaining this uh, to potential partners or uh, sponsors? You know, I don't. Maybe there is none. <laughs> Other than the name, right? You know, so yeah. <laughs> we're going to share it in county quite a bit. You know, we try to be as transparent as possible with what we want to do. Um, I think maybe one of the maybe one of the misconceptions that we hear the most is that the only thing Sheridan County Sheridan County Land Trust <laughs> does is work on recreation, where there's a whole suite, and we didn't even touch on. We do. We have a whole program on historic interpretation, historic preservation that we haven't even talked about. Mm -hmm. So the, a lot of folks know us for our front porch activity, which is recreation. 
Right. Great trails, great waterways, hiking, biking, equestrian trails. But we're excited to get to know folks through that and then help them uh, and hopefully engage them in some of the other work that we do as well, like I said, the conservation work and historic preservation. So I say that's probably the leading misconception is that we're kind of a recreation above all else and we're really trying to do lots of different things that we think are of value, that the community thinks are of value. Right. Um, from preservation to conservation. Yeah, our, our historical educator, Carrie Edinger, uh, has really taken it and grown that type of initiative and just done an absolutely bang up job since she first came here in July of 2019 as an AmeriCorps VISTA. Uh, so she came to us as an intern began developing the historical component and it was very quick like man there's a lot of great work to be done here and now she's with us full time so she took the black diamond history project uh, updated it ran with it and now we have additional historical tours the big goose creek area tour just mm-hmm. debuted this past fall uh did you know there was a a site in kendrick park that was on the national hist uh, national historic places registry i did not uh, turns out there's a buffalo jump in there. So oh. it's a place of archaeological significance, right? Mm-hmm. So if you go to the Travel Stories app, which is one way that folks can go enjoy the outdoors in a way that's a little bit different than what you might traditionally think, right? you can download these virtual tours on your phone, and you can go out to the sites and it'll play the tour for you. So there's, uh, in speaking of partnerships, mm-hmm. bringing that tour together was partnership with downtown Sheridan Association. Gotcha. Because they already had one of those up. So we piggybacked on with them, added to it, expounded on it, got to tell stories about the Sheridan Brewery, which you know was the largest brewery out west at one point. I did know that, yes. (laughs) Uh, And then on top of that, uh, we have work on in the southeastern portion of Sheridan County, telling the, the history of the people who lived on that land throughout time. Now going back to, you know, what we'd often call prehistory, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's in, uh, you know, being done right now. Uh, in addition to that, heck, I was just working with Carrie yesterday afternoon, uh, reviewing language on some interpretive signs we're going to have along the trails starting next year that uh, tell Plains Indian tribe history, uh, as well as give you a real sense of place on where you're at because, you know, you go out to Soldier Ridge Trail and this sign in particular will be on the link. You look up at the mountains, do you know what's where? Some probably don't. <laughs> well, well, I mean, even even for you, I mean, like, you look up, you've been here three generations. Can you start pointing out the names of those mountains? A majority of them. Uh, I won't say I'm an expert, but I can pick out some, yes. <laughs> so here's the one that I've always had fun with. I've heard about six different locations for what Black Tooth Peak is. And that seems like one of the easiest ones, right? <laughs> yes. But you go out with different people, mm-hmm. and, and, like, everybody thinks they had know what one's what, right? Right. But they often find it mistaken. Right. So, you know, some of that interpretive signage is just simply, man, here's where everything's at, and this is what it actually is. Because it turns out, depending on where you go for your source... Even what you would look at as your sources aren't necessarily always in agreement on what's what, which gets really confusing. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
let's uh, dive into this question, guys. Uh, Brad, what has been the most beneficial part uh, of working with SCLT? Um, and maybe give a little history, you know, how long have you been working? Uh... Sure. So I, I came to the Sheridan Community Land Trust a little over three years ago. Okay. Uh, before that, I was a, an extension agent with Montana State University. I went visited with private landowners and talked about forest management, stream management, wetlands, that sort of stuff. Yep. And before that, then I was a scientist as well in Montana. Uh, I lived in a couple, I lived in a bunch of different communities in, in Montana during that time, but I ran across two other small community land trusts like the Sheridan Community Land Trust in those times. And I really got to see the importance of, of trail systems that are developed by community land trusts as, as a community space. Mm -hmm. um, a place to celebrate uh, mental health, physical health, that's free and open to the public, a place for quality businesses or quality of life, uh, and a place that can be education spaces as well. Mm -hmm. Places to go and learn about, like Chris talked about, or about birds, or maybe about biking or uh, geology or something like that. And so coming to Sheridan a little over three years ago, the foundation, fantastic, you know, previous staff and board, the foundation was there for Sheridan Community Land Trust really to become uh, uh, a key community partner across a lot of different quality of life elements. Right. And what I've been so impressed is the openness of community organizations and community members alike to trying something new with the Sheridan Community Land Trust and to figure out what what is best what the community wants to do when it comes to all of those areas that we've talked about that we work in. Right. And I'm constantly surprised at not only the enthusiasm, but the generosity of our community, whether it's volunteering. Uh, last year we had, what, how many hours of volunteer? Over 3,400. Hours wow. of volunteer yeah. time. Two, uh, to the, more than, yeah, more, more than, than 200, more than 250 people volunteering more than 3,400 hours, which wow. is pretty dang incredible. Right. There are people finding time in their busy schedules to, to give time to us. Not to mention just the, the, the financial generosity of our community members that you know, we're primarily funded by non uh, by individual donations from people like you, me, and your family to to the organization to keep the lights on so that we can do these projects with the community. Right. Uh, it's, I don't think there's that much generosity in other communities that I've been in. So it's amazing how kind this community has been to, to not just our organization, but to numerous other community service organizations that are here in Sheridan. Right. Awesome. Chris, it's kind of same question. So it sounds like you're from uh, uh, the, you flat the Flatlands, you said. Uh, what's What's been the most beneficial part for you uh, coming over to the SCLT? Cool. That's a fantastic question. One I probably should have thought a little bit better of while I was <laughs> listening to Brad so eloquently talk about it. Um, I mean, so... I come into it from a similar background. Uh, uh, what, what Brad hadn't revealed here is that both he and I are Iowa State University alums. Okay. Uh, both Iowa boys, basically. <laughs> um, I, of course, was in Iowa much longer. I was running a newspaper, owned and operated a small community, family of community newspapers. Sure. Uh, so for me, it was looking for an opportunity to uh, get away from home. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I was looking for trout fishing specifically. <laughs> and 
Sheridan Community Land Trust has provided me a vehicle to be able to really go out and explore the mountains and really get into trout fishing now. I have it in my backyard, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I have the North Tongue, you know, less than an hour away, in season, of course, mm -hmm. up the mountain that I spent a whole lot of time on and uh, everywhere else. Uh, so for me, uh, so much of the land trust is like a means to be able to explore this wonderful Wyoming wonderland we're in uh, and really get to enjoy the bighorns. And at the same time, man, when I'm out there, I get to see that we got more than 20,000 visitors on our trails each year. And that number only grew because our trail counters went down at the height of COVID. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I think we can reasonably uh, uh, believe that there were even more people out there this year than the year before. Right. And I get to be able to go into the office daily and help make possible the quality of life infrastructure that people in our community want. And that's a really rewarding feeling to know that you're contributing to something in some way to help make possible things that folks want. Beat the awesome. heck out of having to <laughs> write stories every day for uh Oh, yeah, that, that was wonderful. Those those were great answers. Um, you kind of alluded to it too, Chris, and I'll go back to Brad here. And um, obviously, everyone knows 2020. It's been a different year. It's been a weird year. What uh, were some challenges? Obviously, kind of talked about the counters, but what were some other challenges, Brad, that you guys encountered um, early on in COVID? And then now, um, you know, looking to the end of the year, you know, here in Sheridan County, we've uh, we're going to have a mask mandate tomorrow. Um, but uh, what were some challenges that the land trust faced throughout this year that were different, you know, obviously different from uh, other years? Uh, many. <laughs> uh, you know, everything from my stepdaughter coming home from school, you know, school being canceled. Sure. Um, and the office closing down like so many other businesses did early on in COVID and trying to figure out and navigate what was safe for our staff and for our community. Chris and I really struggled early on with, you know, how can the land trust provide a service during this time? Right. Um, you know, when there was a real call for masks and public health, and you start looking towards things like the hospital and uh, you know, the food groups and stuff like that. What we realized over time, though, was we do we did provide and we do provide a, a service that was really important uh, during. COVID and, and then realizing that it's probably just similarly important, just normal times as well. Community spaces that were free and open to the public, our trail system allowed people more and more this year and hopefully continue to be places that they can go to escape for a moment of mental health, a place to stretch their muscles, get away from kind of the unique stresses of this year, but other stresses that probably are perennial. Mm -hmm. We also found that uh, we did, uh, we started our inaugural year of our discovery sessions. So we used our trails, as I alluded to before, as this community education space. And so folks were able to feel comfortable uh, during the summer outside and coming and learning in groups from experts that volunteered their time and their expertise. And we had over 300 people participate in these discovery sessions and they learned everything from 
like I've talked about before, history to geology to biking to running to birds, okay. birding. And it was an escape, right? Yeah. But it was also a chance to, to, to learn more about their community and to learn more about their home, to appreciate their home. And I, I don't know if, our, if they would have been as successful, if these discovery sessions would have been successful in a, quote, normal year. Right. But, man, we're glad that we had them this year. Yeah. And man, we're glad that people were able to find them and get out and do place to step, step away for a moment. Yeah, that's wonderful. Chris, anything you want to add on that? Uh, I mean, I, you know, SCLT's challenges were the same challenges that everybody had to mm-hmm. deal with. That it was just a, adapting to what we're going to do now. You know, um, I think of it more as opportunity. Yeah. Quite frankly, and we saw that opportunity. We had so many people out on our trails this summer, and while that was going on, we got to teach them new ways to enjoy the outdoors. Maybe they learned a new skill. We have ideas on how we're going to expand upon that here in 2021 so we can have more of those offerings for people. Now, of course, will the events of the world allow us to do all of that? Time will tell. <laughs> you know, and that really might be the biggest challenge is, is as everybody's experienced, you know, you, you make plans and, and then it's changed, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like that, uh, <laughs> you know, what's that old line? You, you make plans and God laughs. Right. I mean, <laughs> you know, sometimes that's, I, I think we've all found a new appreciation for that this year. Right. You know, we were hoping to have Ronan Donovan down here to talk about his experience with wolves uh, in Yellowstone and up in the Arctic and to talk about conservation. It was going to be this amazing event in Bloom, and we had to postpone it. Right. And we've had to continue to postpone it, and we still don't know exactly when we're going to have it. Now, one thing that uh, coming up on the schedule uh, is an avalanche training workshop, and this will be the fourth iteration yeah, of that. Right. You know, and this is again bringing new opportunities to people to the community. Um, you know, with more and more people getting out and enjoying <laughs> our winter wonderland. Yeah, right? uh, it becomes even more important to for people to have an opportunity to to learn how to stay a little bit safer. Right up in the mountains and. Uh, you know, tentatively speaking, January 22nd to January 23rd, we have the avalanche training workshop on the calendar. We're not quite yet sure where we can safely host it mm-hmm. or what it's going to look like this year. So it's like, it's a pencil. Yeah. Now, not pen. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something everybody is just learning to work with, right? Yeah. That's wonderful. You know, uh, uh... And a lot of things we talk about on on my show with my co-host Zach is is businesses and organizations that you guys hit it opportunity. Yes, it's not ideal. On you know we've had to postpone events. You know we had to all work virtually for a little bit. But like you guys said, you know everyone's doing that. So um, that's one thing that's always encouraging about Wyoming as a as a community is always opportunistic, always innovative. You guys talked about kind of the app and the education and you know, maybe a regular year wouldn't have had the success, but, you know, you got to try the new things while, while you've got it. And, um, I just wanted to say that's, you know, a, a reason why I have the podcast and I bring organizations on like this. Cause it's like, you know, it's, it's either you're going to be pessimistic and kind of just uh, give up or, you know, we're going to try new things and just keep trudging along. Um, last couple questions here. Um, 
obviously you guys hit on it. We have no idea what tomorrow is going to do. We don't know what January is going to do. But what is kind of the three to five year plan, Brad, uh, that you can see for the land trust moving forward? Uh, so three to five years, we'll have we'll finish building the Red Gray Trail system. So that's you know another twenty two more miles will be on awesome. in addition to the six miles that exist right now. Um, we'll have added another two to three miles uh, in our Soldier Ridge Trail system, which is just immediately west of town. Mm -hmm. Hiking, biking, equestrian trail as well. We will have continued to partner with numerous, I hope, numerous uh, uh, families on conservation, voluntary conservation agreements. Um, and we have three that we're working on right now for another about what is that, 600 acres between the three of them. Oh wow! Um, that we'll hopefully have accomplished by then, and a few more since, or soon, a few more after that. Yeah, three to five years. And and two of those are contiguous to. Uh, an existing easement, which means you now have this broader swath of habitat that's mm -hmm. preserved for animals, of course, more work and land, more open space. And we'll continue to you know, share and uh, interpret our unique history that we have here mm -hmm. uh, from uh, American Indian history on into more contemporary history. Um, but, uh, and I forgot there was another thought there, so. Well, you know, so to the north of us, and we're certainly not the lead organization in this project, mm -hmm. but there's the Ranchester to Dayton pathway that uh, hopefully will continue to be pushed down the road in, in, in that, uh, as that project advances and has an opportunity to go in the ground, that's another, uh, you know, way that folks can enjoy the outdoors in those communities more safely, especially, right? Mm -hmm. um, let me piggyback on that because my next question to you guys is, you know, that's your guys' plan, but also we are seeing this rapid growth in Sheridan and Dayton Ranchester, and that's a kind of a good lead in, Chris. What um, what kind of impact could that have on your guys' projects, or is it more of kind of an opportunity? Again, it's <laughs> opportunity. It really is. So, so one thing we haven't talked about yet uh, when it comes to voluntary conservation agreements. There is one great opportunity here in Sheridan County where we can work with somebody who's looking at, at working on that development to create conservation subdivisions. So uh, rather than take that property out on the outside of town and carve it up into, if it's agricultural land, 80 acre lots, because that's mm -hmm. the county requirement, you can actually, or if it's within the the development zone, you can make those lots a little bit smaller. I believe it's at 20. Okay. You can, working with us to create a conservation subdivision, you can actually wind up, you can get credit for making the lot sizes smaller. You can get more lots into the same amount of space. So you can concentrate that development a little bit more so that uh, overhead costs to provide services, infrastructure, that type of stuff are reduced while maintaining a, a larger amount of open space mm -hmm. within that par parcel. Uh, so that can actually stay open for agricultural land. It can also be used for recreational uh, use for the people, especially living in that subdivision. So right. you might have this like, nice shared open space park system it might be something we can put some trail in. Uh, you know, really the 
the door is wide open for what can happen there. But that's a way to make development here in Sheridan County uh, develop. And you hate to say something like smartly, yeah. <laughs> but, but in a way that really helps maintain that rural character that we mm-hmm. all love about Sheridan County yeah. while still allowing for that growth. Yeah, I think there's there's opportunity around every corner for us for all the work that we're doing. And one thing that we've been talking about as an organization is that um, there's there's certainly community members, community groups that we can do better reaching. And sure. and, and to get to your earlier question about partnership, you know, we we try to partner broadly and widely, but there's always communities that we aren't reaching and we're that's something that's around the corner to three or five years is that we want to start reaching more and more of the of the community members that maybe aren't aren't our normal quote friends i guess yeah we want to have we want, we, we we're we're a service organization we started like you said almost 15 years ago based on a community needs assessment so we really wanted to value that that initial impetus for our organization was to, to serve our community. Right. So I, I hope in three to five years that we can say that we're serving more of the community than we did now. Awesome. More groups of the community. Right. So. Absolutely. Um, those, those are great answers, guys. Um, and last thing I'll say, uh, I'll let you guys kind of finish out. Um, anything you guys want to say to the community, you know, is kind of just a message. Um, you know, we were kind of talking about we're getting into a weird year um this is weird weather we're having in november so uh if there's anything you guys need to say about the trail systems or anything like that i'll let you guys have the floor to finish out well <laughs> i mean so we're going to go back into the, the freeze bit next week right mm-hmm. but so these type of shoulder seasons you have opportunities to be able to, when you're out on the trail our trails are going to go through freezing and thaw cycles on a daily basis so you know part of bringing quality of life infrastructure to Sheridan County is also working to provide that educational component on the other side. So, you know, one thing we experience with trails this time of year, uh, it's really easy to damage them uh, and damage them in ways that result in having to uh, ratchet up those volunteer hours even more. <laughs> and, and you hate to burn folks who are giving their time out, having to come in and replace tire damage and foot damage and hoof damage, right? Right. So we have a, a real simple saying, if you're out on the trails, especially this time of year, and you notice that you're leaving tracks, please turn around and head back. Uh, those are uh, places that can cause damage. Uh, bigger picture, if, uh, if you've been listening to uh, OB Wyoming and have found yourself going, yeah, I've really enjoyed you know, that history tour. I've really enjoyed being able to get out on red grade trails. I love that you're finding a space for working ranches to stay working. Please visit our website. It's Sheridan CLT, like communitylandtrust.org. And here's why that community part of our mission, the community in our name, uh, comes from truly from folks in our community and beginning December 1st. So we'll break a little bit of news here. Okay. Awesome. Breaking news first. How's that? (laughs) When we talk about the generous nature of our community beginning, um, December 1st and going through January 15th, uh, 
I am and John Standish have issued a $30,000 match challenge for the holidays. And any donation that anyone chooses to make to Sheridan Community Land Trust during that time uh, will be doubled by them. So your dollar will be matched. Uh, so it's an opportunity for us to raise at least $60,000, which will go towards making sure that that Red Grade Trails expansion happens. We'll go to make sure we can work with landowners to conserve habitat and open space and working lands and clean waters. It'll go to help carry create uh, more stories that share our community's history. It'll go to create ways to discover new ways to get outside and enjoy the outdoors close to home. So uh, you can do that by visiting Sheridan CLT, like communitylandtrust.org. And if you don't want to wait till December 1st, you can still visit it today. <laughs> and Brad? I, I think Chris covered it all for us. Mostly just thank you, Aaron, for your time and your interest in doing this. This is pretty fun. Uh, i got to say it's the first podcast I've ever been part of. And awesome. I think we'll, the pain level is small enough that I'd love to do it again. So. Awesome. Well, I was, I'll end on too, uh, Brad and Chris, thanks for taking your, the time and letting me come by and, and, uh, to learn a little bit more about the land trust. Um, and, uh, to the listeners, thanks for listening. Uh, go visit Sheridan, clt.org. Um, and remember December 1st, we just broke the news that they're doing a, a, a donation match there uh, from the Standish family. Is that correct? Um, and so, um, go check out the website, you know, donate, uh, you know, anytime really, but, uh, December 1st through January 15th. Um, and thanks for listening and remember go be Wyoming. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Go Be Wyoming. If you enjoy the show, please like, share, and subscribe. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Again, to help uh, with the Sheridan Community Land Trust, go to their website, SheridanCLT.org. Uh, and remember, starting December 1st through January 15th, they are doing a donation match up to $30,000. So if you want to help out the, the land trust, now would be a good time uh, starting December 1st. And we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening and go be Wyoming.